Welcome to Appetite for Production. It's basically Beavis and Butthead with plugins and synths and stuff. My name is Tim Can, and I've been responsible for probably hundreds of those in-studio producer videos from Compute Music and Future Music magazines. And I'm James Russell, music software writer, reviewer, and synthesizer conspiracy theorist. What's on the agenda today, James? We're talking about Akai's diddy little mini controller. Oh, is it very tiny? We've got more car sounds revving up. Oh, wow. I was very happy last time, so this should be good. We're going to go back to the old school and do an initialized play with a new synth. How how unexpected and exciting. How do you think you'll fare with that new synth? Probably badly, because (laughs) it turns out I don't know what synthesizers are. Our old friend Hans Zimmer might be making an appearance. Hans Zimmer? And we're going to go on and on and on about panning. Oh, wow. Um, We're going to be cooking some pancakes. Tim, our top story for this episode, radical Islamist transgender school shooting. So, whoa, 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 James. I'm going to have to stop you right there because this has just come in. We have just received a huge announcement about the new SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Oh, good God, Tim. This is unprecedented. Tell me. Well, it's it's actually kind of precedented. It's going to be Hans Zimmer, baby. That's right. Well, Hans Zimmer... Wait, wait, Hans Zimmer is going to do the soundtrack for the new Spongebob Squarepants movie. Yes. Um, a Beautiful Sponge is called. Is I it? Think, yeah, it's a, uh, a wonder, It's a wonderful sponge. So it's, uh, it's a wonderful, a wonderful sponge. life. Uh, okay, not, not the Russell Crowe version of the Spongebob Squarepants movie. What's the Russell Russell Crowe version? Uh, a beautiful mind. Oh, a beautiful mind. A that's beautiful gonna be sponge. the that's gonna be the next one. Okay. They're definitely gonna do that. They're bre- they're breaking down taboos, mate. Tell me about the movie. So it's a, an origin story, and it takes place at Camp Corral, where the characters uh, meet for the first time. Right. And it's going to be entirely CG. Okay. <laughs> With uh, Hans Zimmer doing the soundtrack. Yeah, so what do we know about the Zimster? Because, uh, you know, the, the Zimster is someone we've talked about many times on Appetite for Production. Me, do you, do you want to know why i think this came about right tell me has he been rubbing shoulders with the uh, great and good of cartoon network not exactly so hans is sitting in in his plush office at the top of his uh um sweatshop right yeah and some of his like the kids working there come in and they say oh daddy hans there's going to be a new Spongebob movie. Please, can we do the soundtrack? We're sick of doing the Christopher Nolan movies. And he was like, okay, fair enough. You know, you guys work hard. I, 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 I want to, refor- uh, you know, do positive reinforcement and let you have something good. And that's and that's how it's come about. What I, do you reckon? Say what you will about Hans Zimmer. He's, he's definitely got good management skills. Well, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, the the countless number of other composers who could have been roped into the SpongeBob SquarePants movie aside. Let's let's forget about uh, opportunities for them because they know, don't make they've got they can do other stuff, man. There's plenty of other movies to score. Man. There's, Let the Zimmer have this one as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are so, there are so many ways to get your big break in music production <laughs> and composition, as as we all know. You know, we've oh, all yeah. had. Multiple big breaks, just We've like We've all hands. scored Spongebob movies in the past. Who hasn't scored a Spongebob yeah, movie? Yeah, I mean, there is, I think it's well documented, there is plenty of this pie to go around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so why not let hands have even more of it? What I wonder about is, what is the music going to be like? Because well, Zimmer yeah. is known for his big brooding epics. Yeah, I mean, maybe that will be a, to use a, to use a technical term, a juxtaposition tactic on oh, Hans's what, part. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, so he wouldn't have to switch it up or anything. He could just go go he, ham with his normal normal stuff. Yeah, he, he could just do his dark brooding, foreboding, low cellos. Maybe this is going to be a gritty Spongebob reboot. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's, ta- it's time for that. I mean, usually you'd associate some kind of Danny Elfman style with yeah the... yeah that's a great that's a great call actually yeah but no apparently we're going with uh, the dark knight rises again <laughs> man his kids will be so excited though won't they you <sighs> Tim what have you been up to recently 
I, I don't know, man. I've been, uh, I've made a little bit of music that I'm still working on, which I'm feeling positive about, which always happens before I bin it. So I'm looking forward to binning another project. Okay, what sort of stuff have you been working on? D- atmospheric drum and bass, mate. What do you think? I'm yeah. a one, a one trick pony, mate. This sounds sounds like a novel thing for you. Yeah. Do you know what? Actually, I was so so. I don't, this this is going to shock you, James. I was trying to get a real nineties sound. I don't, know, <laughs> don't know if that um, that surprises you. And I was um, and I was trying to I was trying to sound like future engineers, basically, who were kind of like really underrated uh, stars of late nineties atmospheric drum and bass. And I was so I was trying to use some like appropriate instruments. So I was using like the JV ten eighty plugin, mm-hmm. Sunriser, which is a JP eight thousand copy, uh-huh. and like I couldn't get anywhere near the sounds. So I used a little perk of being a little bit of a you know music guy and I emailed the dude or whatever because I met him before and chatted a few times and um, I asked him what he used back in the day and he was like well yeah I think mainly we just used like the JV 1080 and 2080 and then later on we used a bit of the uh, JP 8000 so I felt kind of clever that I got the synths right but I felt utterly destroyed that I just couldn't get anywhere near those lush lush sounds that was a really depressing point for me man it sounds like a Roland Monopoly to me mate do you know what I'm Roland all day with a little bit of Korg. Does that make me basic? Yeah, I, mean, I think it kind of does, doesn't it? I think you keep Roland with the times. Oh my god, that's that's really really poor. Also, I'm really sorry I talk about the JV 1080 every episode, but I'm totally obsessed with it. Okay, so any other <clears throat> new plugins you've been checking out or new techniques you've been using for this stuff? Well, I know this is really basic as well. But I've been using Serum quite a lot recently. Okay, it's a pretty good synth, man. Oh really? I. Is, I Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody uses it. I've, I've so actually, I'm getting like a really individual, unique sounds by you know by using that. I was using it a bit too in the last few days as well. Okay, um, what do you think of it? Well, I mean, I, I love it as ever. Um, it's great. I was sort of doing a quick write up of some of the lesser known things, or the well, not necessarily lesser known, but the sort of less obvious things, like how you can actually have up to eight lfos you've got all your wavetable editing and all the sort of mm. chaos oscillators and all the all the non-immediately obvious stuff mm. Mm. the deeper side of serum that's great and i found that uh, excellent video that i sent you with uh, steve duda demonstrating <laughs> the, the chaos oscillator the chaos oscillator intense yeah um, yeah, we're gonna, I, I we're think... gonna put a link to that in uh, in the podcast show notes if anyone wants to check that out. It's very funny. That was pretty good. Like the thing is, even if that would that had really happened, and that is literally documentary style what had gone down, you've got to give Steve Duda a pass, man. Yes, yeah. he's all things to all people. I, I can't I can't tell if he's like um, sort of minion of Satan in a good way. <laughs> yeah, or if, if he's like a a metal child or what but yeah like you say all things to all people he is i think quite literally at this point jesus yeah he is he's music tech jesus there's no doubt about that man do you know what though serum needs uh more oscillators mate i'm calling it okay what they should do is duda should come down fr- from on high and uh-huh. drop serum two the day before massive x do you think oh that's a good idea disruptive do you think he should come down with 10 stone oscillators Oh my god, oh yeah. What, um, you call the synth the Bible or something? Well, I mean... Dope. That would be dope. It is very fair point. Drop it on 420. Yeah. <sighs> it is a very fair point to say Serum only has two oscillators. But I think, like, I mean, that was true when they released it because, you know, we're used to having synths with more than two oscillators for a very, 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 very long time. Mm. Even the, the mini move. It feels like we're going back. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure that they did it intentionally and they knew like we no one does anything intentionally james when you're living in a fancy world when you're designing software you have to draw a line somewhere you draw it otherwise after at least three oscillators i'm going to tell you what happens if you don't draw a line somewhere when you're developing software what does happen you end up with another synth that i've been using this week oh okay Vengeance Sound Avenger. Oh my lord, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, have you tried the um, the kitchen sink panel, mate? That's, <laughs> that's my favourite. <laughs> because, yeah, I was using that as well, and I realised, like, oh, I've never actually used it. And you hadn't used it until quite recently. And I've barely scratched the surface of it. Do you know what? I cannot be asked to learn it, but by God, I'm going to check out those presets, mate. I bet there's some gold in there, Nara Hills. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculously interesting because it is a full-on synth with, like, 
a billion potential <laughs> oscillators, including wavetable, sample, granular, uh, FM and AM. It's got a load of weird oscillators in there too. And it's also got a drum machine oscillator. Yeah. Everything, every single oscillator can be routed in a very different way through the effects, its own route through the effects. Mm. And um, you've also got whole effects racks, which you can bring up and sequences and drum sequences. And it's it's basically, I mean, I guess that's how they sell it. They're like, this synth can literally do everything. When I first brought it up, on my screen, it was too big for my screen. Yes, and I yes. had to change my screen resolution. That, exactly the same thing happened to, to me, mate. It. It's ridiculous, right? I mean, but I mean, it's meant to be ridiculous. I think, right? Yeah, they've not just like naively built something that can do everything. They've like, okay, this is for someone who wants something that can do everything. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's what happens if you don't draw a line. But I think, do you think it has it? Do you think it could, would have caught on more? if um, they hadn't put so much stuff in it. No, because you, you've really got to offer something unique, and this was the unique thing I guess so. for this, I think. I think they did the right thing, and it's pretty popular as well. Oh, is so, it? I'm totally divorced from reality, so... Yeah, it, it's pretty popular. And so I think they found their sort of niche as the synth that is catastrophically insane mm-hmm. and does everything. Um but yeah, if you don't draw a line, that's what happens. But if you do, and I think I think it was right for Serum to only have two oscillators because you've got so many options within those oscillators. Wavetable modulation, you've got sort of skewing of the waveform in different ways, like asymmetry, bend. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's where the FM stuff is and everything. Yeah. The warp functions, I think. Exactly, called, right? the warp functions, that's it. You've got, uh, you've got FM there and you've got like, you've got everything you would want from one oscillator and... I think you could easily make a case for saying, or if you had three oscillators, you could just make one oscillator superimpose two oscillators because you can do so much with a wavetable. No. Let me me break it down. Motion denied. Let me break it down for you, James. If you want to make giant pads, you need four oscillators. Four oscillators. That's what I'm talking about, JV1080 style. Um, When I was was struggling the other day um, getting the 90s sound, do you know what I called on? Omnisphere sorted me right out, mate. Absolutely wicked. Uh, I mean, you could uh, you could level this back to Silent One. Silent um, One. Do you know Silent One's got four oscillators? Exactly, but it's got two per layer, and you have the option to call in that extra layer of two. Optional oscillators, trademarked. Exactly. Maybe maybe they they just did the right thing from the get go with that. Um, I guess. Do you know what? Ironically. I rarely use uh, more than two oscillators in silent. But the thing is, they're so simple. The oscillators are so goddamn simple in that thing. It's like you're basically, you're using it for your kind of like simpler sounds, I think. Ones that, sounds that are kind of like stronger, like more upfront sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. But yeah, sounds nice and thick with that unison though. Yeah. As does Serum, of course. Well, I mean, you know, obviously you might not get four oscillators in Serum, but... There are plenty of synths that you can call on that do. And yeah, but I want to. I, I just I like all the serum stuff, and I want to. I want to use it more because mm. I don't make like I don't make big Reesey noises. If I was making big Reesey noises, I would know serum inside out by now, and I'd be able to like do the wavetable stuff or whatever, <laughs> which seems awesome. Um, but yeah, I just I'm not bothered with that stuff really. I just I can't see him updating it. In a significant way. I, I could see him making something else, but I, I don't see a Serum sequel ever. Really? Yeah. Um, I guess he's never sequeled anything, has he? No, exactly. And I, I don't think that's his style. So what I'm imagining now is Serum 2, and it's a bit like The Matrix Reloaded. Kind of like it's similar theoretically to the original, but it's just really bad. Because they didn't have anywhere to go because they accidentally completed the story in the first one. Yeah, I did. Well, yeah, the, see, the, yeah, the first one didn't really need a sequel, but also I thought it had it had potential to be really interesting. So Neo's got superpowers, and it's like he's totally, you know, he's like a real total badass. It's like, well, that creates a quite interesting thing where you have to come up with an interesting story yeah. where he's challenged in some kind of way. <clears throat> well, but they didn't really do that. It was just more of the same shit. Well, they they but worse. The only thing they could have really done, which is what they did, was to challenge the idea that that was 
meant to happen, Tim. And that oh, was th- oh, that was they... a known feature of the Matrix <laughs> that the one will shit. appear, and it's a part of the Matrix that that will happen. Mate, that was that was such bullshit, and I actually fell asleep in the third one in the cinema. To um, to be fair to me, though, it was quite cold, and the the architect's voice was very soothing. I do you know it probably lulled me into a state of unconsciousness. Had a I nice reckon white beard. Oh, my awful. Anyway, awful. let's get on what, with what the podcast. What were we talking about? <laughs> I think we were talking about the nature of reality. Oh, yeah, wicked, mate. It's all fated to happen. Serum two is fated to happen, mate. So, a couple of episodes ago, we reported on Richard Devine's car sound Wasn't it last experience. episode? I don't know. Some episode ago. <laughs> he'd, designed car, uh, he'd designed sounds for the new Jaguar. And it was sick. It was sick. But and now, suddenly, like you say, art imitating life, mm. we have this plugin released. It is by Le Sound. Le Sound. Le Sound. Le Sound. Où est Le Sound? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. And it is a synth slash sound design instrument called Space Motors. <laughs> hey, wicked, man. Their tagline, futuristic sci-fi vehicle sound synthesizer. Oh, mate, this is right up my alley. Could I, could I click it? Features. Create complex oh. sci-fi vehicle sounds with a single knob. Auto-link modulation to generate dynamic acceleration, deceleration behaviors. Rich factory preset collections for instant creation. You really want to click that button, don't you? Yeah, I really do, man. This might be the the riser creator of my dreams. Click the button. I've done it. Oh. Oh, it's sounding a bit Blade Runner-y. That's a nice engine. This is dope, man. Hyperdrive. It's it's awesome. What's your hot take? Oh, mate, I am hyped. Here's what's going to happen, James. It's available at 149 Euro clams for a perpetual license. But check it out. Ah. Eight clam, Euro clams a month for Le Sound Bundle. So ah. I tell you what, mate. I'm going to get it for one month and absolutely rinse the living shit out of it. Amazing. And I then did, just I, use those for rise in every tune I make. I did reach out to Le Sound and uh, they didn't get back to me. Oh, man. I, I wanted to have you play with it on, on the podcast. Oh, man. Like, I'm going to be playing with it in the privacy of my own home, I yeah. think, man. So, You're going to be uh, revving those engines to do, kingdom come. Do you know, I'm going to I'm gonna have a crack at that this weekend, mate. So next time, we can have a little bit of a chat about my uh, results with it. Okay, maybe you can uh, play us some of your private, uh, private revs. <laughs> my favourite engine noises. Oh, that is Le Sound's Space Motors. Wipeout! Okay, so there's been a new controller out from Akai. Okay. It is called the MPK Mini Play. Mm-hmm. It's got eight drum pads. Yeah. It's got a four-way joystick. I can see it. And it's got an inbuilt speaker. Wow, okay. So basically, you can sort of use it with headphones and then Oh, use so it it's a, an audio interface? Yeah. It's, it, well, not... Oh, hang on a minute. Not a proper, proper audio interface. What? Check it out. Oh, yeah, it's got 128 sounds, bruv. So inbuilt, it's got a sort of little sampler inbuilt, basically? Well, presumably, yeah. I mean, I can see it's got a filter and a resonance controls, it's got and chorus amounts. Yet it is actually... Synthbase 2, I can see the patch is called. It's also a MIDI controller in its own right, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's got USB MIDI, son. So, I mean, is this a little toy keyboard? It it looks like with uh, MIDI functionality. It looks or like is a, it a MIDI stocking control? filler. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's something you can play with just on your, you know, you just sit around the house fiddling with your mini joystick. I guess you. I guess the idea is probably quite clever that you get someone who's never done anything before to buy that, use it standalone, and then they get their computer involved and they just have to plug it in and they can use that as their MIDI controller. And. Yeah, I guess there's like, can they use this with the MPC software or whatever? I guess 
Maybe. I don't know if that comes with it or Let's not. Let's have a look in the download section. Oh, you've got favourites editor. It doesn't mention anything about any uh, compatibility with the uh, with their software. It's interesting to see what Akai have been coming up with recently because they had that FL Studio controller before. Yeah. And they it's seem a- to be taking a different tack to everyone else, which is good. This is powered by three AA batteries, mate, as well. Yes. Very classic. Yeah. Better have some kind of external power supply, though. Well, it doesn't say anything about kind of door integration or whatever, but I don't know. Somebody buys it, they might try a door. I mean, it seems like it seems like quite a leap from using this thing powered by batteries to plugging in your USB MIDI cable and using it with a door, though. Do you know what I mean? Do you reckon? Because, I mean, I assume... Garage band, I guess. I assume you grab a cable in the box, but yeah, there's garage band. There is cakewalk. And you'd have to have an audio interface to get the audio into the freaking uh, computer true but where's the, where's the back panel i imagine if it? you're just graduating to using it with a computer then you don't mind so it looks much. like it's just got a headphone out as well yeah so Eighth of an inch once you start mm. using it once you start using it with the computer you don't really you, you the idea is you forget about the onboard sounds yeah and you're just going straight to the proper music production okay. setting I think that's a good transition, you know. Oh, TR808 set, we can see it's got there. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's that's quite a cool idea uh, for anyone starting out to, to get, you know. This is, like, the obvious thing. Like, I have no idea how to make music, but I want to. And so I'm going to buy this thing, use it on my sofa with some AA batteries, and then... But you're just playing, like, presumably just one sound at a time. Oh, no, it's got a swing control on there. It must have some kind of sequencer, I guess. Is it got a little recording thing, maybe? Um, It's got an arpeggiator. Maybe it's for that. I don't know, man. It seems like a bit of a halfway house because... I think that's intended to be, but their their idea is that it'll cover both sides enough to graduate people up to the computer and then eventually they'll buy some other Akai product. I don't know, man. Like, call me crazy, but I'd want to see audio over MIDI as well with this. But I imagine that would push up the price or something. But I am dissatisfied with this, I'm afraid. Well, of course you are. You've been making music for like 500 years. But even when I started, I like I can't play keys. So I wouldn't have wanted to sit on the sofa like playing uh-huh. piano riffs or whatever because it would have been rubbish. Sure, but so not for everybody. Maybe not some for me. Can. But for some, I'm sure some, some people, people want like to. Yeah. It's. I, th- I think. I mean, you know, I can see what it's intended for. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of clever, but will it work or not is a different question. I don't think it's going to be a big hit. Mm. Well, that's you know, what I'm saying. In ten years' time, when you're still doing in the studio videos, and, and everyone else is on their MPK well, no, mini plays, and you're in, <laughs> you're videoing the next big name in production and they, and st- they say oh, i got started, started because of this oh, okay. mpk mini play and you're like then you're gonna look like an idiot and they're oh, gonna mate, kick you out of the studio and you're gonna die it wouldn't be the first time i look like an idiot mate so i am fully prepared for that to happen it certainly looks nice yeah maybe yeah. It'll, maybe people will like it let's get and it comes in at a uh, official price yeah clams a, tell me about the clams 129 dollars I mean, which means you'll probably be able to find it at a street pr- price of about hundred pounds. Do you know that's like for MIDI controller? That's all right, ma'am. Yeah, it's good. Two octaves, just a little. It's a good way to get started. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> that's I guess. Oh, okay, okay, I'll give it a pass. How about that? Uh, okay, I'll good. meet you halfway. Meet me halfway on this. Nice. Tim. Never in the history of music technology launches has a company got things so wronger than this. Oh, Check really? I did. Okay, let me have a look at this. Is this audio interface in the shape of a cosmetic product, the most misguided product launch ever? So, yeah, this is an audio interface oh, by a company designed called... specifically for females. Yeah. Oh, that's that. oh, dear. Okay, carry it's... on. The company is called MIDI Plus, and I believe the interface is called Mirror. There's a one-in, two-out interface, and mm. it is shaped like what? It's like one of those small, uh, compact 
boxes that people put makeup on themselves with and it's got a little don't mirror pretend, in there. Don't pretend you don't know what it is. What's it called? What's it called? <laughs> it's uh, a I don't know. makeup I thing. don't know. But don't it's called pretend a that you don't know what it is. It's called a it's called a compact, right? Okay, okay. So I don't know. I'm I'm not familiar with the ways of the female. Um, so you would, <laughs> if you open up your compact, what would you uh, expect to find in it? Um, like some little kind of like powdery things that you dab a weird little proddy thing on, and a mirror, and then you put that on your face and you look pretty. Exactly. And especially pretty if it's you, Tim. Uh, oh, but oh yeah, yeah, totally. As you can see, MIDI Plus's mirror audio interface has six uh, eyeshadow powdery-looking things in the colours of eyeshadow. eyeshadow. Yeah, yeah. I think are they are they are they knobs? Are they things for twisting, or are they? They, they must be knobs because they've got pointy. They've, they're, if you look at like uh, seven o'clock, there are little uh, marks on them. So they must be some kind of knob, I imagine. Right, and it's it's all in the form of a sort of flippy, closable thing, which I assume actually has a mirror in it. Uh, yeah, it does. Looking by judging by the picture, it does. So you this, know, if you're a woman and you're making music, you've got to make sure you look good for the lads before you get started. Am I right, ladies? Yeah, I, th- I think that's exactly where humanity is at right now, and oh, this is why God. this product it can't go wrong, can it? No, this is definitely going to be a massive success. Yeah, I and mean, you this... know, this is what it's going to. This is what, like, you know, really makes it uh, like a lot more equitable in music production. There's going to be a lot more women doing it now. So thank God for such a progressive idea. Yeah, it really sort of closes that gap, and um, there's a lot to say that uh, we're, we're all the same and equally good at, at producing music, and no one needs any fancy uh, patronizing little audio interface box. No, no, I mean. This seems ill-advised, doesn't it? Yeah, this is really weird. It's as if they if they had an idea and didn't think about it and accidentally sent some joke plans through to a manufacturer. Yeah, I mean, the company's Taiwanese. I mean, maybe sexual politics are a little bit different in Taiwan. I don't really know. Probably. But yeah, I don't think it's going to get... Um, well, I mean, it's certainly going to hit the news. I mean, we're talking about it. Yeah, I don't think anyone who reads about it's going to buy it, though, are they? Because no, no, no man is going to buy this. Uh, no, no feminist woman is going to buy this. And the um, and the amount of non-feminist women making music where they need an audio interface, uh, I think, is a very, very small market. I think so too. And it's it's just so like you didn't run this by anyone. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it seems like this company need a special normal person to put th- put ideas to before they go ahead and make them. I reckon. You know what, Tim? Maybe that person could be you. I think it could be me. So here's my idea for a woman's audio interface. It looks like a an audio interface. No, 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 no. It's got to be woman-friendly. How about something that looks a bit like a sort of child's toy, like one of those ones for kids? Because, like, obviously, women <laughs> can't be expected to use, like, a real man's audio interface, obviously. So, do they just something a little dumbed down for the women? What do we reckon? Yeah, I, th- I think I think that, uh, according to these guys, that would really, really fly. That would really it? work. Do you know what? Do you know what? Audio interfaces aren't that freaking complicated. It's like well, no. an in-knob, an out-knob. Uh, no, an inport, an outport, and a volume knob. That's basically <laughs> it, guys. It doesn't. We don't need to pander to people. I know. Even you can understand what it is. Eva, I mean, okay, I'll admit it. I don't actually understand how my Moto audio interface works. That's much too complicated. But I can still get the audio out of it, and that's what's important, guys. Is is a very very strange move. And do you know, actually, do you know what, mate? I did cover my laptop in Lisa Frank stickers, so I don't know. Maybe they just maybe they just need to make it a bit more cutesy. Yeah, possibly. I mean, look, making a novelty audio interface is actually technically quite a good idea, but not yeah, not this kind of novelty. This is this is not novelty. This is oldity. Do you know they could have got away with it if they hadn't marketed it for women? If it was just like, hey, here's a crazy little audio interface and it just happens to look like a makeup thing. Yeah, and or it's you know. just got a mirror in it and opens up. Yeah. I mean, men can be vain, James. You know what I'm saying? Not us, obviously. No, no, never. But, um, yeah, it's 
such a such a weird thing to do, but I, I wonder if they'll get any sales. Probably three. I think this is going to be a gigantic flop, yeah. Okay, this is the most interesting, boring-sounding story <laughs> for a while. <laughs> okay, but, wicked. Yeah, okay, it, on the face of it, it's not much, but I found a few interesting things about it, and I've had a lot of interesting thoughts about it since I've seen it. So this is one knob that's really caught your attention, I yeah. guess, so, uh, over and above all the other knobs that you've seen, Absolutely. the many, many other knobs. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this is Boz Digital Labs' knob, and it's called Pan Knob. Uh, they call it a solution to outdated panning. Oh! So and the first thing that caught my eye was their little write-up, and they said, um, since about 87% of people listen to their music on headphones... No source on that, but carry no on. No source on that. And I, <laughs> I immediately thought, what? 87? Get out of here. But then I started thinking, hang on a second. That actually sounds like it might be realistic. I guess you see people wearing headphones. All the time. Yeah, a lot of... Um, we're not talking about producers here. We're talking about people actually listening to music. Yeah. And, you know, that's how I listen to a lot when I'm walking around. Um, it's not necessarily how everyone produces, but I could actually... I started to realise I could get with that 87% figure. Mate, I listen to music on headphones all the ruddy time. I, um, yeah, so I, I feel you, bruv. I guess whatever the source for this is could have said... Do you listen to music on headphones? Yes or no? You probably fucking do. Well, do what? you listen to music on speakers? Yes or no? And eighty percent, eighty-seven percent of people said yes to the headphone question, regardless of what they said to the other. Mate, I'm gonna troll these libtards, epic style. I put it <laughs> to you that producers will often use headphones as well, and frankly. I can't imagine a producer producing and not checking it on headphones. Yeah, and I think we've got a massive discussion to have one day about headphones. Oh, yeah, bring it on, mate, anytime. Not today, but one oh, day. Anytime, mate. I think we're going to have the headphone conversation. Oh, my God, it's been a long time coming. But anyway, so this plugin to drag you back towards it. Pan Knob. Pan Knob. Which I've suffered from myself. By Boss Digital Labs. Um, I checked it out and it... Seems to me that what it does is basically pans sounds to an extent using the Haas effect, which I'm going to start calling the precedence effect because I don't like Haas effect because it immediately switches people off. Oh, really? They I haven't... think precedence effects is even less uh, alluring. Uh, go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> well, I certainly will. But precedence effects, okay, I can dig it. They haven't said how it works in, in their video, at least, or any immediate write-up. But from what I could see in their video, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, you get this thing where, yes, panning classically... You're going to try and describe Hass effect. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, very I'm quickly, just gonna though. just myself in for this, okay. So <laughs> when you pan a sound right, the level in the right speaker is louder and the level in the left channel is quieter. Hmm. And vice versa. Uh, and that mimics exactly how uh, our ears differ in their response to a sound that is coming from a certain direction. So if something is on the right of you, it will be louder in your right ear than on your <laughs> in your left ear. <laughs> and because okay. your head is in between those two ears and will shade out the other side. But there's another component, which is timing. Oh, uh, yeah, if a yeah. sound is on, say, the left of you... You are making this shut your mouth, more Tim, complicated shut than your <laughs> mouth. I'm trying to talk to the okay, people. Okay, okay, okay. If the sound is on the left of you, then it will hit your left ear and then there'll be a sort of millisecond gap before it hits your right ear. And if you bring up a centrally panned sound in your door, and if you put a one millisecond delay on just the left or just the right channel and wear headphones, it you will be insanely surprised if you've never done it before about how much it sounds like that thing is hard panned. Just one millisecond of delay. Now... That's no I'm going to take... Umbridge would you there, mate? Oh, fuck your umbridge. Here's how I'd explain it, right? If you delay one channel by a few milliseconds, it'll sound like it's moving from the other direction to that direction. It's coming it's the from movement. the other direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you might want to describe it like that, but you've got a BA, and I've got a BSC. <laughs> 
No, I've got a BSc. Oh, fuck you, BSc. You should have a BA if you're going to be all fancy about it. No, I'm, I'm being scientific fancy. about oh, okay, it. Okay, okay. Um, anywho, the thing is, when you're, when you're using Hasvex, it doesn't it doesn't do any of the stuff about like the the quality. You know, your head being there, it just literally just changes a level one to the other. It doesn't, you know. Well, it changes the timing. Which is simulation of but your it head does, being... Yeah, there. but it doesn't, like, change the frequency and stuff as well. Anyway, well no, it okay. does. It does, because when no, you... No, it doesn't. It's the same thing. It it's fucking does. If you delay uh, one sound by one millisecond and, in effect, blend it in with the original, which you are doing, because only one channel is delayed by a millisecond, you get comb filtering at 500 hertz, one fifth. 1500 hertz 2500 hertz oh okay so it does change frequencies everything changes frequencies whether you know it or not oh, okay okay Fair back enough. to pan knob <laughs> okay? okay so you have a pan control and you have a crossover frequency and what i believe it's doing is above or below the crossover frequency it's using level as normal but above or below the crossover frequency on the other side it's delaying the sound very slightly, and what you basically get is a proper, more natural pan. But it's all... a band limited has effect, basically. Uh, if you want to, if, <laughs> if you want to call it that, why, then why fine. Why use one word when a thousand will do? Band limited precedence effect. Oh, okay, yep, okay, I, I will concede to that. Yep. That's fair enough. Okay. So, okay, it's doing that, and this is something I've tried before, and it's it sounds really good when you're foot oh. panning, and. When you consider how your door's pan control is basically just a really basic balance control, yeah, this is great. Although having an entire plugin to do it with is uh, another issue. And I, I like it when I've got something that you can just bop in and it does its thing, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. It'd be nice if this was put on every channel, and then you just use one of them to control every channel's panning. Um, I'm going to hit you with yet another truth bomb now, mate. Uh, I don't pan. Wait, wait a second. It's like that's like telling me you don't sleep. I don't. I don't sleep, and that you don't eat. You don't pan. I do eat. I don't pan. I use. You just don't pan. I use. I use um, effects that stereoize mono signals. So when I my so in ah. my tracks everything's very simply uh, done. It's either in the mid signal or it's in the side signal or a bit in the mid in the side signal. Mm. So, so it's like so. There's no so you and it. I you know maybe it makes it less interesting, but I wouldn't like say pan a particular hat to the sides. Okay, that's I guess it's fair enough. And the interesting thing about doing it this way with pan knob mm -hmm. or with the precedence effect in general, <laughs> yeah, is that you won't actually really get a level difference between the two channels. So if you've done it this way, then when you come later to trying to do any sort of mastering and stereo width things things might be going a bit differently to how they usually would because the energy isn't actually spread left and right. Mm. It's sort of... it's, And most of our mastering processes are set up to deal with it that way. Were they linked? Yeah, well they, yeah, but they, they work on the assumption that the, a right-hand signal is higher in level on the right than a left-hand signal. What? Because that's how a, a door's panning control works. I don't understand. Are we going point. down the rabbit hole here? Okay, okay, okay. Look, let's let's <laughs> let's cut to the chase, James. We're going into Pan's Labyrinth. What are you, what are you saying? Okay, what I'm saying is it's a decent plugin. It only costs ten dollars, ten what, US clams. Regular thirty nine. clams. Regular thirty nine clams. Uh, it does do technically better sounding panning, especially when you're working on headphones. What, James, you haven't mentioned motor mono compatibility yet. What the hell are you doing? Uh, motor mono compatibility. Okay, let's talk about mono compatibility. Because yes, when you delay a sound in this way, which I assume this plugin is doing using the precedence effect, then you, when you monoize your entire track, there will be comb filtering. Yeah, right. It's very true, and um, Bot Digital Labs didn't say anything about that either, but. Man, once you start investigating comb filtering, comb filtering is everywhere. <laughs> That's an inspirational quote that you need to put on a. Do meme. you know how you make a reverb? Uh, use a delay, right? No, you you put a cack load of comb filters and a cack load of all pass filters. Well, when I make it, when I made a reverb in, in Reactor, back in school, I, in school, yes, in school, <laughs> I used delays. You're telling me you use comb filters. How do you uh, create comb filtering? 
Uh, delaying things. Yeah. Yeah, oh my, it all fits. Oh, it all fits together. Wheels within wheels. Comb filtering is at the center of no, everything. Delay is at the center of it. How do you make an EQ filter um, in an electronic circuit? I, may, I couldn't do FFT. Okay, but how do you make an EQ filter on an electronic circuit board? I don't have a clue, mate. I couldn't do FFT or electronics. You, I, you get an inductor. An inductor. <clears throat> Resistor. You get an inductor and a capacitor. And what does capacitor do? I have literally no idea, mate. You're taking me to school. It Shit. charges up and then charges out and it, in effect, delays the sound. Oh. Comb filtering is everywhere. No one has ever explained to me what a capacitor is before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How it, the fuck has that it gone? It takes on charge, stores up, and then chuffs it out again at a certain time, either when it's full or you can affect it by putting a resistor in the circuit somewhere. Oh, wow. So... Basically, everything in music production is about delay when it comes down to so, it. And it. So the attack time on a, uh, an amplitude envelope would be some kind of capacitor, I guess? Uh, I can't work it out, actually. Um, okay. I, Let's not go down this rabbit hole and reveal to people. I don't know if it would be about. done with a capacitor. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not some electronics guru or anything, but... Where's Aphex Twin when you need it? Uh, um... Yeah, it could be doing it with, but it's a voltage controlled amplifier, isn't it? It's VCA. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm lost on that one. Okay, okay. Let's not, let's not do this. But you know, and like, just like when you get down to it, harsh compression is the same as distortion and clipping things. So you know, there are technically at the ground level only a couple of things that ever happen to an audio signal. Mm. It can be delayed. It can be changed in level. That's about it. Filtering technically counts as delay in, in many ways. It's all time and level, baby. It's all time and level. It's all just an XY axis of stuff that's going on. Yeah, man. Anyway, again, we've Getting strayed. deep. See, this is, <laughs> this is why I decided to bring this you, up. Because you this... are so verbose, James. I would have done this story in about 42 seconds. If you want proper panning, <laughs> the way that panning actually works in the real world, both digital labs, pan knob... I mean, you can. There are other things. I mean, that, you could just knock it up yourself. Or yeah, whatever. there are other plugins that do this, and I think there are some free ones. And I've done this before as well in an Ableton rack, and it's very cool. It, it works very well, and you can, if you do it in a rack, you can start to mess around with it. You can have hey, like life's really, cool, isn't it? Really it's wicked, yeah. Yeah, you can have really long delay times and blend them in, or you know, put them. Uh, apply them less strongly but have a larger delay or apply yeah. it more strongly and have a short delay there's a lot to work with but uh or you could just make some banging beats and bass lines yeah sick wicked but let's not lose uh let's not lose focus yeah i'm not going to be panning anytime soon mate yeah it's for the week boss digital labs pan up <laughs> Okay, let's dip in to a new synth, which has come out. New synths come out all the time, of course, but this one caught my eye for some reason. It's by LHI Audio, new company, and it is a synth called Cadmium. Okay, um, I'm going to bring this up now. I've never used it before. Oh, okay. This looks old school. Okay, so we got a sort of very flat, uh, modern style, no frills interface. Uh, it's got it's got like a hair on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try, try and pick that off. I know. Yeah, it won't come off. So, how does it sound when you load it up? Shall I play a key? Oh, steady. Ah. It's Ooh. growling. Okay, cool. It sounds it sounds a bit like Rolex by Wiley. Okay, so do a bit of a classic initialize this. Oh, okay. Back to the old school. Okay, we've got three oscillators here. They have shapes. Can I drag on the shapes? No, I can drag on the face. Oh, oh, oh. Now, now this is the idea. It's uh, it calls itself a vector phase shaping synth, which um, according to them, it's the according to LHI Audio, it's the next generation of phase distortion. What is it, Skronk? <laughs> Uh, oh, sounds good. Ooh. Oh, call me Miss Jackson if you're nasty. VPS? I don't know what I'm doing. So yeah, VPS is vector phase synthesis. Oh, okay. Sorry, vector phase shaping. Yeah, okay. And it's like phase... Can, can you like, you know, modulate well, where, the where notes does... that you're playing? Can you play a different note instead of the same one? 
Well, go. okay, okay. It's not going to be very exciting because I'm playing on QWERTY and I can't play. Okay, I do, okay. How do I don't understand how I change these shapes? There's a filter here. Oh, you like that? Oh, it's very growly. It really so is, man. The idea is that it's it's <laughs> sorry <laughs> phase modulation, but that goes into audio rate. I've got a voice saturator offset. Oh, okay, okay. So it's like FM or AM? It's it's like the original tribute to FM, but taken further. I wish I could change these shapes. I don't know what I'm doing What's wrong. What's happening in the top right? That seems to be some kind of... VPS. Like, ...modulator. Okay, that's the vector face shape. I can, I can change the length of the hair. Oh, this theta. I was going to say earlier your thetans levels seem high. Look, we're rotating it around. Hang on. I, I've got to say, this is uh, seems to be based on a sort of lissajou oscilloscope. Oh, <laughs> I see. Uh, function. Oh, that's pretty nice. I like it. So you're sort of... Pushing so at the I've, ratio there. I've turned I've turned down the level of the oscillators. Just oscillator two is active. And what's what's doing the ratio? The span? I think it's that one that you're moving now. Or that's the amount. Uh that might be the ratio. I don't know what theta is really doing. No, it sounds like it's an all-pass filter almost. I don't know, son. But yeah, this struck me as something that's like a little bit different and still similar enough to get people on board. Oh. Oh, hang on. Okay, so if I turn the scronk level down on all of them. Oh, please do. They <laughs> they all look different. Okay, hang on. So this is, I'm going to hear oscillator one. Uh. <clears throat> oscillator two. Oscillator three. That's quiet. And I don't know how to change that. Well, it's just like, a, it's basically just the fundamental. Do you uh, want to do a bit of a preset scroll? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I don't know how to do that. Oh, no. Hang on. Okay, here we go. Oh. I got, oh initialize. Oh. Skronk me. Okay. I don't know how to how it, to make it do all the weird stuff it was doing in the other patch. So, um, okay. Oh, turn so that up like and then skronk it. Oh, oh. It's very FM-like, isn't it? That's well FM style. How'd you like it so far? Pretty cool. I want to know what the other things should I, should I have a look at some patches? Yeah. And see what they're doing. Have you got, is that effect at the bottom as well? Um, there's a couple, of, well, there's three LFOs, uh, three envelopes, polyphony mode, you know, all your uh, voicing. Doesn't seem to be unison, but seems pretty beefy anyway. Um, okay, let's go for... What's a whorl sound? Interesting enough. Let's see what else we got. It's kind of FM-like. Let's see what these KLs are. What, what do you think this synth is uh, especially good for? I don't know, man. Like, it's got big FM sort of vibes, so probably bass lines? Uh-huh. Oh, a bit of a trance pluck. Let's play with our span, shall we? Ooh. I have no clue what's going on, mate. Not going to lie to you. I, this is intriguing now. I want to learn its secrets. Exactly. That's that's what Ooh. I like about it. It does things in a slightly different way. It's different enough. I like that sound. Ooh. I love an FM-style bell, mate. I am putting that in my library. Do you know I'm going to do that right now? So don't forget it, because that is bell gold. <laughs> oh, you gotta love a bit of bell gold now and again. <laughs> oh, excuse me. No, my library's not appearing. What's going on? Oh, come on, man. No, here we go. Hey, sorry about this. This is uh, I'm going off piste. Um, there we go. Nice. Um, should we have a listen to some other stuff? Yep. Do give us a preset tour. It's another plucky Rolex sounds. Gotta um, hand it to it, it's a plucky synth. Very nice, some just kind of leady noises. Pad loose tuning. Oh yeah. I'll That's get your cool. lo-fi on. Change the like the theta of that. Or is that modulating theta anyway? 
You're modulating thetans. You're modulating the thetans. Oh, look, there's some, look, there's some animated uh, modulation going on. We can work out where it's coming from. Where's it coming from? By changing the uh, os uh, low LFO uh, rates. No, it's not one. It doesn't seem to be two. Yes, it's three. Take it right down. Nice. You like that? Let's turn up the scronk. There's a lot of sort of empty space in this interface. I kind of like it. Sometimes that's a good thing, but I'm, I'm not loving oh, it. Oh, really? This. Oh. It's a bit asymmetrical. This is nice. It is simple but I effective, say this right? This is a bell as well. Hell yeah. Um, well, no, I don't know if it's simple but effective because I have I don't understand how it works. No, but I don't think it would take you that long to understand. Oh yeah, how it oh works. no, it's like um, once I've worked out how you do this uh, visible it, panty line stuff, I'm going to be it, away. <laughs> it's going to be sick. It's got all the synth Ooh, basics. Drive. Oh sorry, sorry. It's got all the synth basics. You know, it's got three oscillators. It's got modulation and LFOs in there, so it's not a big leap. Oh. Oh. I think uh, people who like crazy synths are going to love this bad boy. Is it free? It's uh, free. No, it's not at all. It's oh. uh, 99 euros. Okay. And what is your hot take on this, Tim? Um, is I want to know its secrets. It's intrigued to me. I like crystal clear bell tones. Okay. I also like rough and rugged bass sometimes. So, yeah, I think I'm going to be investigating this further. Players out with a few presets. Okay, how let's have your effects. What do you think of it? I really I really like the idea. I think the interface could have been a bit better. Okay. Uh, and they could have done things to help people understand it a bit more. Yes. But I like it's a sound and its approach and it doesn't sort of big itself up with a load of insanely You're affected. all about the humbleness, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> it's a humble synth which doesn't soak everything in effect. I mean, it does seem like a lot of the presets are... Uh, growly Reese's. A selector for them would be nice. Oh, Timmy likes that. Well, I think that's going in, in my pad folder. Hell yeah. <laughs> Since I've started organising my Ableton stuff in the user library, mates, uh, my music's going to become even more derivative. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, look out for that. So we have one, one more? One more. Rower bass. The sounds of cadmium. So, James, that's all we've got time for. Uh, what has stood out to you this week? Uh, I loved our very interesting, enthralling discussion about panning this week. Yeah, panning. It's got to be all about panning, mate. Let's do the yeah. whole show panning next time. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Let's uh, let, let's schedule in some uh, left-right pan law crossfade. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 wicked. <laughs> I am all for that. You're my pan man, baby. So we will see you next time for another Appetite for Production. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.